There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza point. Pizza Joint Bojo's, and they're giving the DNVR fam a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. That's right. When you go in to get your favorite pie in the Colorado area, Bojo's is hooking you up with honey cheese bread as well. The Colorado Mountain Pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Obviously, Bojo's is the answer. Their dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. Yes, for those of you that are a fan of honey, unlike me, this is the place to go. I will say, do not knock it until you try it. It's something you have to try before you make a decision on. And there's something for everyone at Bojo's, even if that's not for you, whether it's their giant salad bar with fresh veggies, or in some locations, they can even offer you gluten-free pizzas. If that is what you are looking for, and they even have private party rooms, which you can rent out for events. So get on this while you still can and get your free honey cheese bread. Go to Bojo's.com. Dot com. That's B-E-A-U-J-O-S dot com. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over a thousand different varieties of beer for you to try as well as wines from around the world. And you can download their app today and use code promo FIRST10 for 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. Get it on that while you can because that ends on January 31st. Again, that's FIRST10, F-I-R-S-T-1-0 to receive. 10% off your first order of $25 or more from Davidson's. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's Evan Rowell. The Avs finally are back in the W column as we record this. They just defeated the San Jose Sharks 4 to nothing. Also recording technically their first solo shutout of the season as the other one was a split shutout, allegedly. Grubauer picks one up, finally makes all the saves he needed to, but... Evan, if we're being honest, I mean, the Sharks just never looked dangerous, did they? No, I was actually going to ask you. I've, it never, as soon as that game was 2 nothing, even with the F struggles holding leads, it, I just I felt that game was over. That team just does not look. It's weird how much changes in eight months, I guess. That, that's just not the same team you faced in the playoffs last year, and they're just not good anymore. So, yeah, the Avs did. You know, luckily they got that third goal to make it. As soon as they got that third goal, it was definitely over. But yeah, that, that it's not a good team on the other end, and the Avs did a good job of just taking care of business tonight. Yeah, I was definitely more comfortable after the third goal because you knew the penalties were going to come. Of course, then you know the Avs went and short scored a shorty on the on the penalty kill, but 
didn't know that beforehand. So the third goal was the one where I was like, all right, this team has gotten over the hump against a bad team here. But I mean, you're right. Granted, the Sharks did just lose Logan Couture not that long ago. So that is a big hindrance to them. But this team did not look like a playoff team. And and I know they had some pieces moving around from last season, but they retained a lot of their core. And it's gross, man. That was just not a good team. No, it was it was terrible. I, I mean, every team, there's some t- times I have to look down at the the sheet they gave us before the game and be like, who is that? Like, Stefan Nason tonight. Like, I did not, I had no idea he was on their main team. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's not a good team. I mean, if we all knew eventually the wheels were going to fall off with this team just based off of how many older players they have. Joe Thornton, age has finally caught up to that guy. Eric Carlson, injuries, you know that have taken their toll on him. He's not the same dynamic player he was back then. And Brent Burns, uh, I don't know what he was doing on that Nachushkin goal. That was awful. He's never been good defensively, but uh, that was just hideous. And then, you know, when you don't can't can't get a stop from anyone, it's, it's, a, it's a bad combination, and that's a bad team. And they don't have a first-round pick, so it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah, I... Their leading scorer was Couture, still is Couture, even though he's hurt with 36 points. So after tonight, you know, Kale McCarr is one or two points behind their leading scorer, just to sum things up for you. That is just not a team that's producing, and if that's not bad enough, uh, Martin Jones exists. And (laughs) as upset with the Avs fan base has been with Philip Grubauer and Pavel Francosa's performance of late, Martin Jones on the season has an 891 save percentage. So Yeah, Uh, yeah, and I went over on my solo cast, like I was looking at Grubauer's numbers and I mean, they're not great, but there are even like starting goaltenders out there on playoff teams that have way worse numbers than Grubauer. So um, the Avs are getting, I would say, average goaltending at the in, at the moment and Grubauer didn't even have to do anything tonight he just had to not give up a bad goal which is I guess an improvement on what we've seen of late so um yeah I mean that Nachushkin goal that was like I remember when Z was talking early in the year that he Nachushkin used to do that when he was like 13 years old and everyone wonder why if this guy is really actually the same age as everyone else where he just powers through everyone and scores so makes it look easy Brent Burns doesn't play defense and then yeah, that that was just a terrible goal. Jones was like in his net by the time the puck already went in. So, uh, it yeah, it. I mean, when you're in a slump, to get a bad team at home, that 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 certainly is going to help. Yeah, I mean, looking down at the Avalanche's goals, you have the Nachushkin one with the bad defense, and then Jones gets beat five hole. You have Kale McCars with a face off with five seconds left in the period. It's a good shot, but you know that thing wasn't humming, and certainly. Jones had a look at it. You had Ryan Graves' goal, which was a tough one. Ryan Graves, I think, did put a lot of mustard on that shot. But again, it's another shot from the point. And then on a power play, you have Matt Calvert coming on you shorthanded, and he looks like Peter Forsberg against you. Yeah, that goal is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy to watch when it's the opponent's goalie who, who is making these mistakes instead of the abs. And... I guess it's a bit of a realization that the Avs issues are not at all unique. No, there's a lot of teams out there that are struggling with with goalies right now. Even guys like John Gibson have been very average this year. So uh, it's kind of a league-wide issue. Um, the Avs played, I mean, 
I would say they probably deserved a better fate in that Dallas game, so they got a little better of a better fate tonight. So you earn what you get. I thought the McCarr goal was maybe not the you know they got a little bit of luck there. Did that get deflected? It's kind of hard to see from where we are. I have looked at it. I don't think it did. If it did get deflected, I mean, it didn't change the angle much. Yeah, and I mean the thing about that is that everything he did before that was elite. That's like, right. Yeah. That's not an easy play to make. It's looked like a rolling puck off the face off and then he corrals it moving backwards and he basically just opens up a lane for himself and with as little time as there is, that's just a superstar making a great play. So nice to see that because he hasn't played, you know, the same way with that he was before his injury. So hopefully that kind of gets him going too. And I mean, the defense in the, on the whole in this game, right? You got the goal from McCarr. You got the goal from Graves. You also saw some rounded out solid defense. They weren't giving up those quality chances. And yeah, like we said, that could go along with the fact that the Sharks just aren't that good. But it's a nice building block of consistency. Yeah, and I said in the grades that, you know, it felt like the, the Zadorov Cole, at least in the last 30 minutes, they were out the ice for a lot of shots against. But they all felt like it was the standard sharks what they do they whip it around the point and they shoot it and the as were doing a good job of just clearing out so the grubar could see everything so it wasn't they were out there for shots but it was nothing dangerous so um and then you know on the rush the forwards played a big role tonight just back checking and making sure nothing uh was too many outnumbered chances happened so it didn't really feel like the sharks had a whole lot of odd man russians which makes a huge difference and that's been a, a big sticking point for the abs lately is those forwards struggling on the back check. So it, it did really feel like a pick me up game all the way around tonight. Yeah. Especially with what's coming up on Saturday. Yep. The, the big game against the blues Saturday afternoon. But before we talk about that, it's time to acknowledge Brecken Ridge brewery, the official beer of DNVR. It's been too long since I've gotten to sip on a victory Colorado avalanche Amber ale, but that is what we have tonight as the abs pulled out this win pretty handily. So not going to lie. I started cracking them in the second period for pretty confident. We were getting the victory in this one, but they also have a ton of other options as well. Whether you want the agave wheat or, Whatever their current seasonal is right now, I'm not sure if the Christmas ale is still it, if if there's something new or something easy to drink like the Strawberry Sky. You can find a beer that you will like from this brewery, I promise. So keep an eye out at your local liquor store or anywhere else they sell beer. And also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on thednvr.com. I believe our next event is actually the Hall of Fame announcement watch party for baseball as we see if Larry Walker will actually get in or not. So I have a suspicion that we may be drinking in sadness at that event, but that is uh that is for Drew Griezmann in the Rockies podcast to find out. Yeah, and you, you said it wrong. It's Larry Walker. <laughs> the announcer voice. I like it. Yeah. Um, jumping back into this Avs game though, I, I struggle to pull too many negatives out of it in general. I mean, the Avs won 4 nothing and, and were pretty dominant for the majority of the game. I guess the power play failed to score again. That's one minor critique I would have. Maybe you're looking at some of the guys like Tyson Jost, Matt Nieto, still not getting on the board. Yeah, Tyson Jost, I felt like he did some things right tonight, and then 
anytime it would come close to, I guess, making a play, it would just either get knocked off a stick or nothing would happen. Like there was one play in the offensive zone where he made a nice play on the wall and then he went to get it back to the point and he just missed the defenseman completely. So um, I would certainly say he got outplayed by Kamenev tonight. So if Donskoy is back Saturday, that'll be an interesting choice. Uh, I don't know if, if, if the coaching staff would make that move or not, but um, yeah, I mean, Jost, I, I think the top line was just off which this was a good game to have an off night. Yeah. Um, Miko, I felt like he was a little bit better tonight. He was at least putting some pucks on net. Um, so there's an improvement there. But Nate, it, you know, the puck was rolling off his stick a lot. Every pass seemed to be in his skates. It just wasn't his night. So uh, a good night to have an off night for him. He did actually get a penalty call or two tonight, though. So he's got that going for him. Yeah, he did. Uh yeah, I mean, there were some weird penalties tonight, but yeah, that was it's nice. To at least he it, he should be good for one of those at least every night, but the NHL doesn't see it that way. Yeah, I, I struggle with that as well, but I don't know. This game got weird. They were pretty adverse to calling much through the first two periods, and then in the final 10 minutes, the game just completely broke down, essentially. Yeah, it's the Sharks' cane started running around. It started with the Makar hit, which... Um, I saw people say it's late. I didn't. Re- I guess I didn't really pay attention to that part. The hit itself seemed fine to me, uh, but I don't know if it was actually late or not. But the Gerard one, that was a slew foot. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. And then I didn't even see what Kamenev, the hit that he took from Kane, but Kamenev told me that it was an elbow to the head. So I don't know. Uh, I highly doubt anything comes from it with what's going on with the player department or player safety right now. But uh, yeah, th- I mean, that was... That's what happens when you know you're you realize you're a bad team. You got guys that just start running around and trying to do whatever they can. Are you on board? Do the Avs need more of that? If Evander Kane is on the market tomorrow, um, well, I do like Kane. I don't like that contract. Um, I do think yeah. he would help this team a lot. But it was, I mean, I would say it was nice, especially in a four nothing game, to see some angry Landy, which we got a lot yeah. of tonight. So he didn't so, take no guff. Yeah. No, sometimes you just need that from him. Um, and I thought it was a good time to do that, just to step up when your team's you're in a bit of a rut and you got a four nothing, three nothing lead, four nothing lead, and you know sometimes you just need to kind of say enough is enough, and that was nice to see from him. You certainly don't want that game getting out of hand if you're the Abs, taking more injuries potentially or just anything dangerous going on against a team that is, let's face it, pretty irrelevant to the playoff picture at this point. Yeah, yeah, you just, you know, you kind of, you know, I know people wanted them to retaliate and things like that. I go after Kane, but it's just like, you know, just move past it. Just, you know, you got Landy stepping up, doing whatever you can. Uh, I actually was in the elevator on the way down with the whole Kadri landy kerfuffle happened. So I didn't exactly see what happened. But, um, I mean, seeing some of those guys step up is nice. Uh, I just don't think you need to worry yourself with when another team's running around, you got to lead just... You know, don't worry yourself with that. Let's just keep playing and take the W. Take the W. That is something the Avs need to start doing a little bit more of. We'll go ahead and end period one there with Landis Gog being the top dog, tough guy on the ice tonight. And if you're looking for a top dog electrician, Piper Electric has been serving the Denver metro area since 1983. Through a commitment to customer service and team performance, Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor you can trust. If you call 303-646-6765, they'll give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. 
whether the work is commercial, industrial, or residential, they have you covered. No job is too big or too small. Again, call 303-646-6765 to get 20% off your next service call. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo. He is Evan. Evan, I made a pledge today that I would only tweet in memes until the Avs won a game. Thankfully, the Avs did win tonight because I was out of memes by the end of the night. But is there anything to this? Is there a little bit of superstition here? I know you've had success in the past with your always sunny memes in this team. Yeah, I had some success in the playoffs last year. And then people said to do it for an entire season. I was like, oh, no, I would run out of ideas like a week into the season. So (laughs) you can only do it for so long before you're just recycling the same old stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not sustainable. You can maybe Definitely do, not. maybe do yeah. one a day at, at best. You have to bust it out in emergency situations like this. Yeah. No, I mean, when times are desperate, that's when you, it's like the McKinnon slap the, the <laughs> exactly. so, but yeah, I mean, you can't do that every day. Well, you are a hockey player and you do play in a, in a men's league. So I'm curious if you have any hockey superstitions in particular. No, I w- I've never been superstitious really about it. I, well, the only thing I would say is back in high school, because I used to have to drive from Denver to the Springs every day for practice and for games, um, is that I would listen to, if I had a game day, I would listen to the same album before a game. And it was always, for one year, it was 10 by Pearl Jam. And then another year was deloused in the comatorium by the Mars Volta. So that was really my only superstition beyond that. Like, as far as like some people put certain skates on first, things like that. I was never like that. I don't pay too much attention to that stuff. Let me, let me get one thing clear here. Pants before skates, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. We're good then. We got (laughs) no, we got no issues here because people who put skates before pants are insane. It's a, confirmed fact it's pretty rare i'm actually having a hard time remembering anyone that did that that i played with that's good that means everyone in colorado are normal human beings well i wouldn't go that far but yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right getting back into this abs game they finally got the depth goals that they've been looking for as well obviously you mentioned it was an off night for the top line that's not something anyone's really nitpicking at because it hasn't been an issue for the abs guys like Nachushkin scoring guys like Burakovsky getting on the score sheet guys like Matt Calvert continuing to produce the way the abs need them to has been absent. So how much can you take from this game for the depth scores? Are there things that are repeatable against better teams here? I think so. Um, I thought the second line was pretty good tonight. I didn't like Nachushkin on that line for the last couple of games, but he stepped up tonight. And I thought Kadri had a really good game. He just did everything but score. Yeah. Um, Burakovsky, uh, his playmaking skills have impressed me. He's not scoring goals, but he's he's at least creating things. Um, he got an assist on the, obviously on the Nachushkin goal, but he also, you know, he set up a couple of plays. He set up Z in the slot in the second period too, so... Um, he's doing some things right, and he was moving his feet tonight, which is big for him. Uh, but yeah, that second line getting going was huge. Uh, the third line, uh, obviously, we kind of expected that their goal scoring would just, you know, it's going to hit a wall eventually. They're just not those, you know, 30-point players that um, that they were kind of on pace for this year. But it was nice to see 
Belmar and Calvert kind of connect for a goal that even though it was shorthanded, just the type of goal that we've seen a lot from them this year. So hopefully that gets them going. And then, you know, get Cam and Ev pinching in on the fourth line uh, for a goal there. A very rare fourth line goal from the Avs at this point of the year. Yeah. Two of those goals came directly off of offensive zone faceoffs for the Avs. They, for the past couple of years, had been the worst team in the NHL in faceoffs. This year, they're not the worst by any stretch. They're still bottom 10, but just shy of a 49% face-off percentage. I've never been a strong believer in face-offs mattering much, but boy, I'd be burning this game tape if I believed in that a lot. Yeah, it matters until it doesn't. But, right. I mean, how many goal? I feel like the Avs have scored a, a handful of goals, a, at least a good chunk after they put Kadri out there to win the face-off and then it goes in the net. So... Yep. It does matter. Um, we've seen the Avs get burned on it. If you, I guess they got burned on it the other night in overtime. Um, but it, it matters in situations. So Kadri's been good. Um, when Kamenev and Jost were on the ice, it didn't make sense to me why Jost was even taking faceoffs. Um, just because we know that's one thing is pretty good at. Yeah. And I think at one point, Jost lost a defensive zone faceoff. And at that point, uh, Bednar just threw Belmar out there. <laughs> He's like, all right. I don't know why I was thinking this was a good idea. So he just switched it up pretty pretty quickly. So, yeah, I mean, it is nice to to have that because, I mean, obviously there's been, you know, studies done that ultimately it doesn't play a huge role in the long run, but you'd rather win them than not win them, I would assume. It certainly can't hurt you to win them 99% of the time. Yeah. And, I mean, Bednar mentioned the other day that the Stars players cheat on faceoffs, and it's like, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody cheats on faceoffs. That's how you win them half the time. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, the, <laughs> the refs essentially faceoffs were designed around who could cheat more, and that that's how you take them, basically. Yeah, you don't. I don't think you can win up to 60, 65% of your faceoffs without cheating. I think that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But I, I mean, unless you just are a freak of nature and, and understand something nobody else on planet earth does. Yeah. It, it's just, you can't win that consistently based on such a small margin of reaction time. And with all the other factors of half the time, the ref just basketballs the puck off the ice anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right, exactly. That's It's one of those areas where nobody's really getting hurt if you're quote-unquote cheating on a face-off. Yeah, for sure. Which also, refs, please just drop the puck. You don't have to constantly throw people out of circles. Yeah, nobody came to the game to watch the refs, except for those people on Long Island that show up wearing ref uniforms and they cheer every icing or whatever. They show up in Colorado like once a year as well, like the ref squad, where the whole section of them are take over. Yeah. Oh, there were some interesting fans in the crowd. It was interesting because the Sharks have been so good for so long that you would think that their fans would not be taking this well. But they were in the crowd below the press box, like going, "Yeah, go Sharkies, go Sharkies." And we, ha- you guys suck, but we love you. It was great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think at one point they threw a hit and cleared the puck, and everyone just like five people in front of them just started cheering. Like all they did was just dump it down the ice. They were so happy to get it out of the zone. So I can appreciate fans that can have fun. Yes, exactly. That was where I was at with my memes. The Avs needed a little injection of fun. 
Yeah. So it's a game after all. It is. It is just a game, a game where, you know, the players get paid millions of dollars to win. But as a, a viewer, it's a game. So maybe keep it a little lighthearted. It's real to me, yeah. damn it. <laughs> Were you there in 1998 when <laughs> The Undertaker dropped Mick Foley off of Hell in a Cell? I was not. But I, I do I do remember DVRing many pay-per-view matches when I was in high school or in middle school. See, I was not a wrestling person ever. I'm still not really, but I at least like know some stuff about it now. Yeah, I went through a huge wrestling phase for like two years. Um to the point where I went to my parents' house a while back and I went I found a cassette of uh or it's not a cassette, a VHS of it was a video called Sting Unmasked. It was just like a profile on Sting, and the thing is, he didn't wear a mask. He just wore face paint. <laughs> so you were a WCW side? Yeah. That's, so that's how old it was, because I don't think they were around much longer after that. So Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. This game almost became a, a WWE match at the end there, but... Thankfully, that was avoided as as the Avs get to move on and and kind of look forward through the rest of this road trip. I asked AJ this question yesterday. Do the Avs need to win these next two games for this to be a successful homestand or is going 2-1-2 and two good enough? Um, I mean, you're getting points. So that's, I, I mean, if you look at it, they win even one more game. They end up with six points on the home trip for the homestand. So that's not bad. Um, I would say don't lose to Detroit because that yeah, team is terrible and you don't want to be that to be your loss right before an all-star break. Um, so I think that I, they definitely need to win. I don't, I would say, yeah, if you, I, the one thing that we talked about is that they need to get better at home. So I, I think they, they do need to kind of protect this home ice. So yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, they need to win both these games for it to be a successful home trip. All right. That would put them at 3-0-2, which would be an 8 out of 10 possible points, which is kind of what I think everyone would have been hoping for at the start of this trip. So despite the two overtime losses to start, still extremely salvageable. Yeah, and with how many points they just gave up not too long ago, you just need, you need to start banking these points because it's getting surprisingly tight in the Western Conference. As it always seems to do, particularly in the Central Division. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's – you have Chicago a ways back, but then there's one team looking on the outside in here. As in the wild card, you have Vegas and Edmonton with 56 and 55 points, and then one spot out, Winnipeg with 54. So there's nine teams right in the thick of it, basically, and one team is going to miss out. The Avs do have a four-point cushion on Winnipeg, as well as a game in hand, but it's it's always tight. We know better. We've seen this play out in the Central Division too many times. Yeah, and it uh, without looking at the schedule, I feel like the Avs have played Winnipeg maybe twice this year, so they certainly have to have at least one, maybe two more games remaining against them. Two, at least, yeah. Yeah, so... I- Bank those points, and then if you you know you take one of those, even just one of those games, kind of sets it apart. So, um, yeah, the, I I think two more wins would make this a big homestand. Just because if they're going to be a, one of the top teams of the West, they need to figure out how to win at home. 
Yeah, I 100% with you there. The majority of their schedule after the All-Star break is home games. So you have to be able to win where you're playing most of your games. Granted, that schedule gets a lot easier in the second half in some ways as well. But we will talk about that in the third period as right now we got to tell you about our friends over at Mile High Green Cross. These guys offer an award-winning experience as you can head down to their shop and see the Cannabis Cup winning strains that you've been looking for. When you do head there, you can get 20% off your entire purchase once per month. Yep, 20% off However much, there's no restrictions, and this offer extends to members that are already in their loyalty program as well. All you have to do is mention DNVR. Mile High Green Cross also offers a variety of products from edibles to cartridges, concentrates to cartridges, and every time you pop in, you will get one-on-one attention from their seasoned sales associates. They can get you out extremely quickly with their average time in the store of just nine minutes. So when you go to their convenient location at 9th and Broadway, you can just pop in, get what you need, and go on with your day. So get in there now, and remember, you can get 20% off by mentioning this ad once per month when you do. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's. I'm Rudo. He's Evan. While I was doing plenty of memeing on Twitter, the Avs did some memeing of their own, which everyone probably saw coming as they finally officially released their stadium series jerseys. And they are just as hideous as we all thought they were initially. Evan, are these salvageable? Can these ever be turned around? Um, well, I think the back actually looks decent. It's just that no one's looking at the back of the jersey most of the time. <laughs> it's mostly the front. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do you remember last year with the, the hat, the COL hat that they yeah, kept jamming down the there? terrible that's hat, really, yes. That's what it felt like tonight, just sitting in the press box and looking up at altitude and seeing Keith and Rycroft just, like, look, sitting there in that jersey and then... I, I rode the elevator up with Bradley Chubb from the Broncos, and I can confirm he was not wearing that jersey in the elevator, but they jammed one on him for the interview in the arena. So, And then the uh, Rachel and Nicole, the inter- in-house arena people, they were both wearing like jersey dresses, and it's just like, oh my God, these are, they're not good to look at. Like, <laughs> I just don't, I'm not big on jerseys, but it's just not, it's not a good look in my opinion. So, uh yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're going to have to deal with this for another month. So one of my biggest problems with them is the new game-worn jerseys have the parts of the logo that are the same color as the jersey removed, so it's just the jersey material underneath. Okay. And these don't. The, the burgundy color at the bottom of the logo is that glossy color that the rest of the logo is and it creates this like divide halfway through the jersey where it looks like you put on a crop top and then you have a burgundy undershirt basically and it just looks horrible yeah yeah and i mean isn't it weird that mckinnon was not in these pictures like i I secretly think he's like i'm not wearing this like (laughs) i'm not gonna be photographed like this come on i mean Obviously, you're putting Landy in one because he's the most attractive hockey player on planet Earth. Yeah, and if you look at the Landy picture long enough, you're like, eh, that's not too bad. <laughs> Jersey's not too bad. Is that the Jersey or is that Landy? 
Landy. Um, well, they put they had Landy, they had Kale, and they had Miko in them, right? Yeah. Landy just, and Kale, I get. Well, it's just weird that you know you got the best player on your team is not there. You figure he would be one of the guys you'd be wanting to promote the jersey, and I just thought it was weird. I mean, that's pretty true. You you'd think they'd want to be pushing like there's a good chance that this will be an exclusive one-time jersey of this year's MVP. Yeah. And they aren't trying to sell it like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hopefully it's a one-time jersey. I hope to never see it again. <laughs> I can't imagine they would. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I the like whole, the, I mean, the outdoor jerseys, what, four or five years ago? Those were nice. So yeah. this is depressing. And, I was saying just take the old jersey and slap it on a colored jersey and call it good. It's the yeah. same logo. Did but. they put out the Kings jersey yet? Because their mock-up looked terrible, too. I, is that not official? I, I don't actually I, know. I don't know. I just think they they sh- were meant to be am- announced a couple months ago, and then they saw the reaction. We're like, all right, we're just going to bury this like a month before and just well, deal with it. Nobody knows why the Avs are playing the Kings in the first place, so maybe they figured if we make the jerseys indiscernible, people won't remember what the teams were. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> Man, they better win that game too. <laughs> Kings are not great. No. Um, I guess I do wonder. Like, obviously, they wanted to make the tributes to Air Force, but on the on the feed today, they said that the Air Force part of it was they tried to make the lettering as big as bold and possible because Air Force likes to push the limits, and so they wanted to push the limits of the size of the lettering. Hmm. And I was like, not something you're going to get just looking at the jersey. Yeah, that's a, you seems like you're stretching there a little bit. So I don't know who's responsible for this jersey, but there are some holes in your theory. Yeah. Like I said, I think the back looks pretty good. It's just like when you turn around, it's like, oh, okay. Not, not so great. <laughs> it looks like a jersey from the back and like a child's drawing from the front. Yeah, a bib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that a few times. Yeah. Okay, well, we've rambled about jerseys for five minutes now, so let's let's dive back into the Avs a little bit. I hope this is the last time we have this conversation, but how far does this shutout go for Philip Grubauer as far as re one hundred percent locking down that starting job for the Avs? Well, hopefully it goes a, a long ways, but I mean, we've seen his problem has been putting together multiple games in a row of good play. So yeah, Saturday's a big test, not just for the team, but for him. And I'm assuming he's going back in the net. I can't imagine why he wouldn't. Uh, but yeah, Saturday's going to be the big test for him to follow up this performance with another good one against a, a significantly better team. Um but if I feel like if the Avs play like that again, then it's, it's not going to matter because everything tonight just felt not dangerous at all. The PK was good. Uh, at times, they weren't even letting the, the Sharks into the zone, so which which helps um, with the good PK. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if he can see everything, I, I have faith that he's going to stop it. So um, I think he's a good goaltender, and, you know, it's just going to, he, he needs to start putting together that consistency, and that starts on Saturday. Right. I, it's just so hard for me to gauge games like this, right? Because 
you beat the Sharks 4 nothing. Okay, great. Well, you were supposed to beat the Sharks 4 nothing. So how much credit do you actually get? And I guess that comes off of your follow-up performances. If it's a confidence builder and that means he can grow off of it and play well against St. Louis, great. If he struggles against St. Louis, then the, this game doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, if he goes out against St. Louis and he's below 900, say, percentage, then it's just, just we're back to the same starting board again. It's the same conversation of, you know, there's got to be some consistency here. So um, I guess that's that's something that I've appreciated. I feel like the Avs have done pretty well against some bad teams this year. So uh, to see them take care of business tonight in a game that they they absolutely needed to win, was it was nice to see because that game never felt in danger at all. So um maybe a game like that is a confidence builder going against a good team on saturday i'm sure the abs and grubauer certainly hope so at least because it's the second half of the season now the the reality is scoring goes down as the nhl year goes along and it's going to get harder and harder to beat team seven to three and the abs have done plenty of it they have been able to score their way out of a lot of problems but I don't think that's something that's sustainable either. Yeah, it's. I mean, you always see guys on ridiculous paces for the first half of the year in terms of scoring, and then it just slows down in the second half. Like, well, McDavid and Drysaddle seem to be getting three points a night for a while there, and it's just slowed down. So um, that's how it's going to be in the playoffs. And that's just, I mean, the Avs have adjusted a little bit the last couple of years, so they're going to need to do the same here. And, um, I do feel like these last two games defensively, they've been pretty good. So that's a good start. And if you can get that defense um, outside of the rush chances against Dallas, if you get the defense um, helping out uh, with good gaps and, you know, it makes things a lot easier for the goalie. Right. I definitely, every aspect of this game is, is, is still a team game. As much as we can talk about singling out any single one player, both good and bad you know mckinnon doesn't get the opportunity to run in on the break if the nice breakout pass doesn't come it grubauer doesn't get the opportunity to make a great save if the abs leave the back door pass wide open there's just too many factors for it to be all on one person at any time yeah and i feel like i mean when grubauer talks he's just very blunt and i don't think people like that like some of his quotes were people think he's blaming the team in front of him and not taking responsibility. I just don't see that. Um, and we don't even know what happens behind closed doors. I think that's just the German in him. He's just very blunt and knows, you know, he's won a Stanley Cup. He knows what it takes to win. And I think he knows that this team can do that. So he's just honest and he says what, what's on his mind. So um, I think he does take that personal responsibility, even if he maybe is not, you know, the most honest or I guess, doesn't necessarily say that to the media. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the team in front of him, you know, when they, we've seen it in this game, um, obviously against a, a lesser opponent, but we've seen it in that Boston game that this team is completely capable of shutting down really good teams. It's just, they need everyone to buy in. It can't just, you know, defense. We've said it a million times. It's not just the six guys on the blue line. Yep. 100% true. So, Hopefully the buy-in is there. Hopefully the abs have worked out the kinks on what their coverage, particularly on the back check, is supposed to look like. The abs took down a 4-0 win, like we said in the first period. 
enjoy it a little bit. Evan, final thoughts? Um, when do you think we're going to hear about this Nachushkin extension? Because I, I somewhat just expect it to drop anytime soon. I don't have any insider uh, information here, but I think the Avs love this guy, and I actually fully expect them to sign him into an extension here pretty soon, now that he's eligible. Um, I think it's coming. I don't know if it'll be soon. They seem to love to wait till their their Marches and Aprils to get those type of deals done. Yeah. I mean, so. I just, he's been, he's surpassed all of our expectations, but he's, he's just, he is a very different player in what they have just that given his size. So I, I'm just fully expecting it to happen. So, um, I don't know. That was just my final thought. I, that he had a nice goal tonight and he's been a really nice pickup and, uh, considering he costs them absolutely nothing. He's been great. Great Colin guy to Wilson. have with all the injuries. And Colin Wilson died so Val Matushkin could succeed. Yeah. Yeah, I um, know. I, I feel like I should ask Bednar if practice, but like, is there any, is he even on the radar anymore? I would assume no. But even if he comes back healthy, I don't even think they put him in the lineup. I You should be playing Shane Bowers before him at this point. So, um, just kind of the reality of the situation there. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Evan, I do hope that your kid is feeling a little bit better. You're back on the pod. Sounds like you're home. So that's yeah. good at least. Yeah, thank you. She is much better. And thank you to everyone who uh, sent their well wishes. It's been a tough week, but, uh, you know, Pearl Jam announcing a new album, you know, uh, had a nice break brew at night last night to kind of unwind. It's been a, you know, there's been some good moments. So just want to say that. Thanks to everyone for who said the kind words. All right. Well, thanks for hopping on the pod. Oh, I almost forgot. I promised Gregor Jens I would say this, but he, Gregor Jens, if you don't know him, is the guy who made the Miko Rantanen song, as well as a couple of other songs about the abs. He is working on a new song, and he needs help from the Avalanche fan base. If you just look him up at Gregor underscore Jens, J-E-N-S, on Twitter, his pinned tweet will have links to some songs that you can sing along to and send him the files and be a part of his next chart-topping single. So highly recommend getting in on that while you can. And yeah, thank you for listening. You will hear again from us tomorrow.